Welcome to the Momsiety Minute. I'm Alicia Hammer, certified holistic health coach, supporting moms to overcome their anxiety so they can feel vibrant, energized, and calm in their bodies. In this episode, I'm going to talk about sleep and how I can support you in making the transformation to a calm and in control life. If you ever have more questions about this topic, please reach out to me. I'd love to discuss it further with you. Sleep as a mom can be challenging. Unless, of course, your children allow you to sleep. My first baby slept through the night two weeks in. And while she wasn't always the easiest to get to sleep, once she was asleep, she was asleep for the night. I didn't have to worry that she was going to be waking back up a million times a night. And then came number two. For the first two years of his life, I would kind of piecemeal and add up minutes to maybe equal four hours of sleep in the night. I was so sleep deprived for two years that some days I felt as though my body was actually shutting down. For a little less than a year of his life between the ages of two and three years old, he did sleep much better. He would only wake up maybe once a night, and there were more consistent stretches of full nights of sleep. And then we introduced him to a toddler bed, and it was like we were back at square one. I don't know what we were thinking. I always laugh when I am asked about sleep. It's been a tumultuous ride with me and sleep. If it's not my kids keeping me up at night, it's my sleep talking and my sleepwalking. And honestly, it's not just keeping me up, it's keeping everyone up around me. Uh, my roommates in college, my husband now. Ugh. And I'm not joking when I say my sleep talking and walking interrupts my sleep. And really, it's mostly my sleepwalking. But I not only walk around, I'm a bit destructive. One night, I was dreaming that I was trapped and kicking my way out. Well, in real life, I was laying on the ground, kicking in my husband's dresser drawer. And yep, I broke it. And I had a very sore foot the next day. Another time, I was diving to get through a garage door that was closing in my dream. But in real life, I was springing headfirst into my dresser, which left me with a couple gashes and a giant goose egg on my forehead. The most challenging walking incident I had was when my first baby was only four months old and I fell asleep or I fell while sleepwalking um, and I fractured my elbow. I had to get so much help with breastfeeding and holding my baby because doing it with a busted elbow by myself wasn't happening. So of course, because I was putting myself in harm's way simply by sleeping, doing something that like I had to do in order to be alive, I went to see a sleep specialist who my primary doctor referred me to. This doctor said I wasn't a candidate for CPAP, which I didn't think I would be in the first place. I didn't really think that was a thing for sleepwalking. But um, he also said the only thing he could do for me was give me sleeping pills. 
I was breastfeeding, so he said once I was done breastfeeding, I could start taking the pills. He didn't know me, so he didn't know that I was not going to be taking sleeping pills. But that's just it. This doctor never bothered to get to know me, ask me questions about my stress, uh, my bedtime hygiene, my circadian rhythms, time spent in the sun, bedtime, wake time, all of these things that contribute to your sleep. All he knew was that I was sleepwalking and it was either an intervention with a machine or a pill as the solutions. I walked away from that appointment with nothing but a, well, one day you might just outgrow sleepwalking. (laughs) It was less than helpful. What was affecting my sleep, I found out, was stress. My worst sleepwalking incidents happened when I was intensely stressed out, which I found out because I started tracking when the incidents were occurring and then reflecting on my emotional state when they were happening. Sleep is incredibly important for our bodies in a million ways. I know when I get good, consistent sleep, I feel like an entirely different person. I wake up energized, refreshed, clear-headed. And when I don't get sleep, I feel off, confused, and boy, do I get cranky quickly. So why is that? Your body does a lot of work in the shadows of the night to keep you functioning properly. It's important for your body to process and get rid of toxic waste, which happens when you sleep. When you don't get quality sleep, the toxic waste builds up in your brain, your nervous system, other important parts of your body, which is why you wake up with clouded thoughts and moody emotions. Your amygdala, which is located in the temporal lobe in your brain, controls your reaction when you face a perceived threat or stress. When you get enough quality sleep, your amygdala can react in a more adaptive way because it's not overburdened with excess toxins, which is why when we are sleep deprived, we experience heightened emotions and can overreact or get cranky really quickly. The catch-22 of sleep and anxiety or mental health is that not enough sleep can lead to mental health issues and mental health issues can lead to not getting enough sleep. It's really a vicious cycle. There are many other connections and recovery that occur when you sleep, but to keep it simple and really focused on anxiety today, I decided to keep it at this. Sleep is really one of the most underrated tools for overall health and well-being. When you become a mom, it seems like everyone is very concerned for your baby's sleep. How many hours is the baby sleeping? Is the baby sleeping through the night? Does the baby have a bedtime routine? But we should also be asking this to you, mom. You know that bedtime routine you've beautifully crafted and fine-tuned for optimal sleeping success for your baby? Yeah, you need one of those too. And getting to bed at a decent or early time is not always easy. Although it's not because you aren't tired. 
it's not because you are not ready to go to sleep. I've noticed two common obstacles or challenges in my clients and moms in general, myself included. One is that by the end of the day, I just want some time for myself. I want to sit on the couch. I don't want to have to think or make any more decisions. I don't want anyone touching me. I'm totally touched out. And I don't want anyone needing me for for just that little bit of time. That's my time to do the things I can't do when my kids are awake. The other challenge is that this is also my time to be with my husband. It's our time to discuss the things we can't discuss around our kids. It's our time to be intimate. It's our time to enjoy each other's company. It's our time to, you know, watch a show together, just be together and really work on our marriage. My relationship with my husband is my priority too. So I have to find a happy balance between my two huge priorities of nurturing my relationship with my husband and getting my butt to bed so I can get my eight hours of sleep. This is what I've helped my clients work through is that allocation of time and how to integrate healthy habits so you can build the life you want and foster the priorities that are closest to your heart. Earlier, I talked about the vicious cycle of not getting enough sleep causing mental health issues and mental health issues causing you to not get enough sleep. This cycle is why creating a calming bedtime routine is so crucial for your health. Because reducing stress is one way to get quality sleep. And getting quality sleep in turn lessens your stress. See, this cycle can actually work in your favor. Now, I could share with you my bedtime routine and you could copy it. But what works for me might not work for you. And without knowing you and your lifestyle, I can't say you should just do X, Y, and Z and you will get perfect quality sleep. I really wish it was that easy. However, there are some general guidelines to creating an optimal bedtime routine, such as starting a winding down process an hour before you plan to fall asleep. Go to bed at a consistent time every night, or at least the majority of nights, I'd say five or six nights a week. Put away all electronics or any screen emitting blue light at least an hour before bed. Limit your EMF or um, electromagnetic field exposure by turning off your Wi-Fi at night. So the electromagnetic field is, um, you know, something that is affecting us at all times. But there are things that we can do. So like on my Wi-Fi, I have it connected to a timer. I have my router connected to a timer. So it's like the Christmas lights timer. Um, And I have it set so every night at a certain time, it turns off. So I don't have Wi-Fi running through my house. And then in the morning, it comes back on. And I don't have to run into my basement and turn it on and off. Um, Also doing things like keeping your cell phone away from your bed. Or at least, you know, if you do have to have it next to you, turn it to airplane mode. Create a comfortable and cozy environment for yourself. 
and do a calming activity. Again, I can't tell you exactly how your routine should look or the activities that you should do to calm yourself down. These are very individualized habits that you would form to create your own routine. This is simply a list of ideas to help you brainstorm your own routine. If you are looking for support in managing stress, getting better quality sleep, and also making shifts to your lifestyle to prevent stress and anxiety, I would be more than honored to hear your story and design a plan with you to transform your life. You can sign up for support on my website or you can send me an email, all of which are in the information about this episode. Thank you so much for listening and make sure to thank yourself for showing up today.